You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's assistance in 5769-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayelech. We have some very interesting verses here. I'm going to read a number of verses because I'd like to focus in on the message here, which on the surface is certainly quite cryptic. Now we're going to begin at verse 19 in chapter 31. There it says, And now, write this song. God says to Moses, Teach this song to the people of Israel, place it in their mouths. In order that this song, the Torah, should be a witness for me, says God, to the people of Israel. Now the verse continues, verse 20. I'm going to bring them to the land that I promised to their forefathers. A land flowing with milk and honey. What's going to happen when they get to that land, that wonderful land? They're going to eat, they're going to become satisfied, they're going to get fat. They're going to serve other gods, heaven forbid. And they're going to mock me, so to speak, and they're going to annul our covenant. The verse continues, verse 21, And when they're going to have all kinds of evil things before them, as we, men- as we mentioned, when the people of Israel don't do what they're supposed to do, all kinds of evil befalls them. So this song, the Torah, is going to be in front of them as testimony. That it should not be forgotten from their children, from the mouth of their seed. I know their nature, Asher. That they are doing today. Even before I brought them into the land that I swore to them. Nevertheless, I know their nature, says God. I know. And one of the Mephorshim explains, one of the commentators explains, that God was saying, I know. I am bringing them into the land of Israel in order that they should be able to serve me. However, they're not coming in with that motivation. They're not coming in with that intent. But rather they're coming in because they want to have a piece of land. They want to make money, whatever it is, or whatever their ulterior motives are. However, says Hashem, Despite the fact, and Moshe Rabbein listened, and he wrote down this song, he wrote down the Torah, and he taught it to the people of Israel. Now, these verses, the reason I say that they're so cryptic is because, on one hand, God says that the people of Israel are going to do, you know, they're going to go off the path, they're going to do things that are incorrect. But on the other hand, God says that they're somehow, by the fact that they're going to have this Torah with them, Somehow, despite the fact that they have this nature, that it is this nature to do things that are incorrect, to, to veer away from God, nevertheless, the Torah will not be forgotten. The connection to God will not be broken from their children, but rather it will remain eternal because of their connection to the Torah. Now, what's unbelievable here is that there's a clear contradiction. Because on one hand, the people of Israel, they have this nature, they have this nature to veer away from God, to be drawn after their eyes, to be drawn after their hearts, to be drawn after the things that they see, to be drawn after wealth, to be drawn after all the different desires that a person has in his lifetime. But nevertheless, at the same time, th- despite the fact that he has these desires, despite the fact that he's naturally drawn away from God, the fact that he stays, that the Torah stays with him, still the Torah will be able to bring him back. As, as our Chazal, our sages tell us that Hashem says, Halavai, it would be great that they, they left me, Sha'azavuni, that they leave me, Hashem says. Heaven forbid the people of Israel should never leave God, but if they would leave God, God says, Halavai, that they should. It would be fine as long as they kept the Torah. If they still kept the Torah, the light that's within the Torah would return them to good. And this is an unbelievable concept because what comes out of these verses is that despite the fact 
that we are that we could be so far we could be so led astray by so so many different things all of the civilizations around us but as long as we attach ourselves and keep our, keep ourselves within the bounds of the torah as long as we keep ourselves learning the torah we retain our connection to god and what i'd like to bring out from here is, is something that has to do with tshuva we're standing right now nasarisim tshuva you know, we have a few days left until Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is coming next Thursday. It's a week from now. But nevertheless, you know, we have, we have a few days to take opportunity, as I mentioned in the previous podcast. So, the 10 days of repentance starting from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur are special time. It's a special time for us to be able to reconnect to God, to reconnect to spirituality, to reconnect to what we really want to be, to, re- to reconnect to our source, our Ratzon, our desire, that desire to connect to spirituality and to realize that all the things that we do that are not in line with that, that that's not really who we are and really to reconnect with who we really are. That's what Tshuva is, returning to our essence, returning to God, returning to spirituality. So during these 10 days of repentance, so... I'd like to give you a thought based on these verses and this thought hopefully will be able to help us understand how we can do tshuva because tshuva, repentance is a difficult thing to do. How can we change ourselves? How can we change the things that we've been doing all of our lives or the things that we've done all this past year? There's so many things that we've done that we know are not okay. But nevertheless, we know that you know after Yom Kippur comes, we're going to say, Ashamnu, Baganu, Gozalnu. We did all these horrible things, but the next day we're going to continue doing them, heaven forbid. We don't want to, but we know ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves. So how can we stand up before God and say that we're, we're so sorry, we don't mean it, we don't want to do it again? And it's important, by the way, as I mentioned last year, I heard from Akiva Tatz that in the prayers, in the prayer service of Yom Kippur, so we say, Ashamnu, we say that we are, we've done these horrible things. That's vidui. We're saying how horrible the things are that we've done. We say we're so sorry. We wish that we hadn't done them. But the third aspect of tshuva, which is the most important aspect of tshuva, is shinu maisa, is changing our ways. And that means that we have to accept upon ourselves that in the future, that God willing, we, we hope, we want to try to change ourselves, to be, to be different in the future. But the thing is, as we know, as every single one of us knows, it's so difficult to change Many times we take upon ourselves to change, and the next day it's gone. We we don't have it. It hasn't. We haven't changed. So how can we take? How can we change? How can we really do tshuva? And I think it's hinted to in these verses that despite the fact that we know and God knows our nature and we know ourselves our nature, we know that it's it's natural for us to veer away. You know, we have when we have affluence, when we have money, when we have the things that we need, we we stop to think of God. We don't think of God anymore. And and we, we when do we think of God? Only when things are tough, when things are rough. That's when we start to think of God. But how how can we, despite that nature, how can we attach ourselves to God despite the fact that our nature is to stray away from God? How can we do it? The answer is in the verses as the verses tell us. Take this Torah, write it for yourselves. Don't forget about the Torah. As long as you stay attached to the Torah, as long as the Torah is there, as long as it's within your heart, as long as it's something that you always come back to, as long as you have, it's, it's like that mission statement. It's that, it's that thing that draws us back to what we really want to be. That reminder. And, and what does Hashem say? What does Hashem say to Moshe Rabbeinu? He says, take the Torah and place it inside of the ark. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, the verse actually says, in verse 21, it says, Take this Torah, and place it right next to the Aron, the, the Ark of the Covenant. And what does that Aron represent? The Aron, where is it placed? It's placed in the Holy of Holies. The Aron, the, the Ark of the Covenant, is our hearts. It's the depths. It's the most inner chamber of our hearts. If we keep the Torah there right next 
to the chambers of our hearts, inside, never to be forgotten, as long as we keep it right next to us. So the Torah will always remind us of what's really important. It will remind us of who we really want to be, despite the fact that our nature is to, to go after our heart, to go after our eyes, to go after what we see. Nevertheless, as long as we have that connection to the Torah, we can retain our connection to God. And I'd like to tell you a story that really illustrates this point, that you can take one little, one little line, a little teaching, a small thing that can, can completely change your lives. And, and what I'd like to teach you with this, what I'd like to teach myself with this, is that if we can learn from this, this story about a, an amazing person, this person, I, when, I'm, when I see this person, I'm amazed by this person. And he's not... He's not a person who's a very religious person. He's something called Mesorati. He's traditional. doesn't wear a yarmulke. And, but he's somebody who is so impressive to me. This story really brings out a greatness in him. But I think it's something that we can all learn from. And we can all... This thing, this point, is something that we can all change in. And as I mentioned last week, so we need to take something in tshuva. We're trying to repent. We need to take something small. We need to take that small thing and we need to say, look, this is something that we run into. You know, we bang our heads against every single day. It's something that always, it's always there. And we can take this small thing and if we can work on it every single day, this small, small, small thing, the smallest thing, we can really change. And here's a story about somebody who really did change and I think it's beautiful and it's inspiring and I think that we can learn from it and perhaps we can even change just like this person changed. So he was telling me this story, and I don't want to say who I'm talking about, but uh, he was telling me this story, and we'll call him Ruvain. That's not his name, his, we'll call him Ruvain. And Ruvain, so he told me that for many, 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 many years, many years, he was a person who was angered very easily. It didn't matter what happened, it could be a small thing, but if it wasn't exactly the way he thought it should be, it would make him extremely upset. He would get angry, he would lash out, he would yell. He, would give me, he gave me an example of something that, he would, that would be very common. He would be driving on the road, and someone would cut him off. And he would yell and scream at the guy, you nut, you crazy, what are you doing? Of course, the guy couldn't hear him, but uh, he would get very upset. Anyway, this guy, so he was a bus driver. And so he spent three days on a trip with a group of young children, young, young people, young adults, age of 14, 15. And for three days, he drove them on some kind of vacation, and they were going and they had a wonderful time. And after the three days were over, so there was a young 14-year-old girl who came over to him with a little letter. And, and she gave him the letter, it was in an envelope, and she, he looked at it, he thought it was cute, and uh, he, didn't, he didn't open it right away. Anyway, that night he got home, and he opened up the letter, and the, the letter read on top, to our, my dear Ruvain, the wonderful, enjoyable, and very easily agitated bus driver. That's how it started. And she went on to talk about in this, in this letter how this person, he was a very nice guy, and she enjoyed being with him, and all of the people, all of the young adults enjoyed being with him. However, he had this fault that he was easily agitated. And on the very bottom of the letter, she ended off the letter in, the, in these words, and it's in Hebrew. And the words are like this, to become easily agitated, which means to become easily agitated is to punish yourself for someone else's stupidity. And Ruvain told me, he says to me, this line hit him like a ton of bricks. He said, to become easily agitated is to punish yourself for someone else's stupidity. He never thought of it that way. 
that every time anything would happen, a small thing, didn't matter what it was, he would get so upset. And he didn't realize that he was punishing himself for someone else's stupidity, literally. After that, after that, that letter, after he got this letter, so his whole attitude changed. He said it was very difficult. And he says to this day, it's been years already, but to this day it's very difficult and his automatic reaction is to become agitated. But from that day on, he realized that he didn't have to become agitated. He didn't have to punish himself because someone else was doing something that was not so smart. And he said, not so long afterwards, he was driving on the road and someone did something really, a horrible thing. He cut him off. It was really dangerous. And his natural inclination previously would have been to get upset. But instead... Instead of getting upset, he looked at the guy, and as he, I don't know if he passed by him, or he saw him in the, in the rearview mirror, he looked at the guy and he made a motion like it was my fault. Ruving, this guy Ruving, he said, he made a motion like it was his fault. And after that, he said, the guy who cut him off, all of a sudden the guy totally changed his attitude. All of a sudden this guy was saying, no, you go first. And Ruving's like, no, you go first. And because he, instead of getting upset and agitated, instead of getting angry, so he, was, he, he lowered his own ego. So that had the effect on the other person, and the other person also realized that really it was his mistake, and that he didn't have to get upset, and neither person got upset. It was amazing. He said another story, what happened afterwards, and this is the end of the story, but what happened afterwards was one time, he says, Ruvain said he's a very careful driver, he never ever does stupid things on the road. But one time, he doesn't know why, whatever it was, he did something that was really bad. He cut someone off, and it was really dangerous. Anyway, the guy who got cut off, he was really angry. And, and he went and drove in front of Ruven. He slowed down in front of Ruven until they both stopped. And he gets out of this car. And this guy who he had cut off, that Ruven had cut off, was a very big, burly guy. He was very angry. And he comes out of the car. And he says, are you crazy? What are you doing? And Ruven says, you're right. If you want to beat me up, I deserve it. I deserve it. If you want to beat me up, go right ahead. And this big, burly guy, is like, he didn't know what to say. He's like... He, he, he took all the wind out of him. And he said, the big burly guy got back in his car, slammed the door, and drove off. And he said, so Ruvain said, you know, this girl, this little girl, she saved my life. Because before that, I would have gotten upset. If before that, I would have gotten angry. Would've, we would have gotten into a big fight. And the guy would have, who knows, he could have had a little knife and could have stabbed me and killed me. She saved my life. With those, that line, to get upset. It's, it's punishing yourself for someone else's stupidity. We can learn a lesson from this, and we can take this lesson, and we can say to ourselves, here, this is something that I can change. This is something that I do all the time. I get upset when my wife does something stupid, or my friend does something stupid, or when someone does something, cuts me off on the road. Whatever it is, we get upset, and it's natural. We don't have to. We can take this message. We can take this line. Just like the Torah. The Torah is something that if we take it with us, we take it within our hearts. It's something that can change us. You can take this line. To get upset is to punish myself. I don't have to punish myself. You can take this line and we can learn. We can take it with us, put it right next to our hearts. And whenever we are in some kind of situation where naturally we get upset, we don't have to get upset. We can choose to change. I want to bless you and me and all of us that we should merit that during these 10 days of tshuva, during these 10 days of repentance, we should do this repentance. We can change ourselves and God should see our efforts that we really want to change, that we really regret what we've done in the past. And, and we, are, we admit what we've done and we're ready to change ourselves. And, and God will see that this little, that little change that we're ready to make and we're ready to change ourselves and God will say I want to forgive you I want to place you in the book of life thank you so much for listening have a very good Shabbos